0: Right, welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of the PHLY Sixers podcast. I am Derek Bonner, joined by Kyle Newbeck here. How are you doing, Kyle? Oh, uh, you
1: know, just uh, missing our third person here that in we've our, been talking about getting yeah. a cardboard cut out of, but uh, happy to see your beautiful face here in our I will, new studio. I will be
0: respectful on day one and lie and say I'm happy to see you as well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think the, the last time we would have done a Sixers podcast together, one would have been a long time ago, two would have been in front of webcams mm-hmm. with us wearing baseball hats and probably just having woken up or been up late after a terrible Sixers game, but, you know, it's a little different here.
0: Yeah, it's a little different now. We have a studio here. We will be doing live podcasting five days a week. We've got a production team here. We've got people taking our photographs, which is a little awkward. We'll get used to it in time. <laughs> outside, <laughs> outside of Kyle and I, we will also have Devon Gibbons, formerly of 97.5, The Fanatic, and Rich Hoffman will be on as well. So we will have a great team here to cover this Sixers squad. Whatever that they is. are, yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> we uh, already I get- have
1: people in the comments saying things like they're going to be so annoyed just <laughs> listening to our trade requests over and over <laughs> again, and I can't believe you're going to talk about this team five <laughs> days a week and so on and so forth. And the hope is that by teaming up with Derek and vice versa and teaming up with Devon and having someone like Rich Hoffman with us that... Even if it is a, a miserable or season that we can make this fun and we can have fun yeah. doing Look, all
0: this. Am I a little bit jealous of the Eagles squad who might be covering the <laughs> best Eagles team I can remember in my lifetime? Am I jealous of the Phillies as they gear up for a, another Red October? Absolutely I am. But you as fans, there's a life cycle to every team. You need to commiserate when you need to commiserate. You need to, if they can ever get their shit together, celebrate with you when they we have something to celebrate about. You need us every step of the way. We will try to provide that for you. I think the team that we have built here, between Kyle, myself, Devon, who's really, I think, one of the, the best basketball minds in the city and also a professional behind the mic, and then Rich, I cannot imagine a better team to do this with. Uh, I cannot imagine a better team to bring you the kind of diversified coverage of written content, analysis, reporting, live shows, everything you need to get through and enjoy, as much as you can, this still good team, maybe frustrating at times, era of Sixers basketball. I think it's gonna be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I just wanna make sure, I'm, I feel like I keep saying his name, but I really wanna emphasize how important Devon is to this whole project and this show. I know he's not with us here now for you know reasons that can be, you know.
0: That, that fat head's gonna happen. We have there, to There get, will be uh, yeah, a fat
1: head yeah. of Devon on this show at some point, but. You no, know, a big part of the reason that Derek and I are here and are excited to do this is because we have Devon as a teammate. And, you know, I've I've worked in radio on arrival of Devon's previous employer and where he was at. And so we didn't get to cross paths in a professional capacity very much, but you know, as we're reporting on the team at games, at practices, you run into each other, you get to talking, you obviously hear his work product, you know he puts a ton of time in he's got so much respect from this community from this city he's a local guy just like the two of us are and so Devon is an essential part of this I'm going to be even more excited I'm already excited but I'll be even more excited once he's actually here with us and we can you know we got the full people keep saying like the dream team the Avengers and you know all that good stuff but uh I'll be really excited when he's able to be with us.
0: Yeah. No, like you, I, I was at a, I had a contract with a rival um, radio show, so I was not able to work with Devon in a professional cup capacity, but he has been a great person to talk basketball with at, uh, at the arena, I think. And as you can see by how completely awkward I am behind the mic, it will be great <laughs> to have a radio professional here to guide us through uh, this show. I think he's going to be fantastic. And, he, you know, he's, he'll be here in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's in the building right now things behind the scenes got to get worked out but he will be a big part of this show
1: so the other thing i want to say also is that the people who know derek and i for our written coverage that's all you're going to continue to get awesome written coverage from us as well the exciting thing about uh, phly and the team we have here is that we have all these creative and energetic and talented people and we're just being given the freedom to do this how we want to do it we're going to be in here every day thinking of new ways to cover this team, new angles. We have video production. We have a real studio. We have all these resources that, frankly, I don't think any of us have ever had to do this kind of coverage. And so I think it's going to pay off for you guys. It's going to bring you closer to the Sixers than you have been in the past. And I think that'll make it more fun. And then, you know, we haven't even gotten to the events that we're going to be able to do and, and things where we can actually come and talk to you guys just like we do with games. And, and I see a lot of you at bars and restaurants around the city, it's always such a thrill. I see all these people, I see uh, this rules and will Zach Levine be in a Sixers uniform? We're already getting the uh, the trade questions and requests so far, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of inside baseball, but yeah, I'm excited.
0: And that'll be a big part of what we do as well. You know, I think there's a community aspect to this that maybe At our previous stops, they didn't have the infrastructure to help support and and build and cultivate. Um, But to your point, there's an Eagles tailgate on Thursday organized by Philly Sports Trips. You can get tickets at allphilly.com. That is our website. Uh, If you are a diehard, go there, um, sign up, become a diehard membership. Um, There's a lot of fun stuff that we're going to be able to do that we never really got a chance to do. And I think in terms of being able to, you know, take whatever enjoyment you get out of your teams, whether this is a, a, you know, complete diehard experience, whether or not that is just you trying to get a, you know, be distracted from everyday life. Uh, I think there's so many ways that we can do this and we're privileged to have this, this platform and this role covering the team. Uh, we just wanna enhance your experience of the team in any way we can.
1: Yeah, and I, I also feel like they're, with the Sixers over the last couple of years, the expectations have been high and their actual achievements have been much lower. And so it's created this sort of toxic effect in, in parts of the fan base. And I wanna make sure you guys hear from me. like this is something that should be fun. Like, we're, we're ultimately, we're watching basketball and we're talking about sports, and it's stuff that's... this isn't life or death, even though I know that it feels like life and death, half of the time, at least. And I want you guys to be able to savor the joy of, look, maybe the Sixers don't win the title this year. But maybe you go to the arena or you're watching at home and you see something spectacular and, and we want to be able to celebrate that. Like Joel Embiid scoring 59 points in a game last year, one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life, certainly probably the best I've seen in person. And to be able to enjoy those moments with you, get mad about the negatives and, and the bad games and all the, the Sixers bullshit that I know you guys are accustomed to. And so we're, we want to give you the whole spectrum here is, I guess, the, uh, the best way of putting that.
0: There's no bullshit, Kyle. What are you talking about? Let's Uh, be honest with the the viewer. Other than burner
1: accounts and James Harden and, you know, calling Daryl Morey a liar and all the things that we're going to get to at some point in this podcast. Yeah, there's no bullshit at all.
0: Well, I guess that's probably a good... uh, We were going to try to string this out as long as we could because, quite frankly, there's not that much positive to talk about with this team. But you did uh, transition us pretty perfectly into our first topic, which is, of course, James Harden. How could it not be? We we tried to talk about Jaden Springer, but no, we got overruled. We have to talk about <laughs> James Harden. He is obviously opted in that final year of his contract. Immediately demanded a trade. A very simple question for you, Kyle, and then we'll we'll you know sort of pivot into a whole bunch of other stuff. Do you see him being on the roster here in uh, training camp?
1: I think so because I just I mean the tea leaves say there's nothing good really out there right now. I think. Daryl Morey's clear position or his line in the sand that he's drawn has been, if I'm not getting, like, a legit deal for James, he would rather deal with the discomfort. And, you know, I think that was a more defensible position when it was Ben Simmons that we were talking about, right? Where he did have several years Mm -hmm. left on that contract, and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, what's he gonna do, hold out for three seasons? It's also a guy in Ben Simmons who, you know, I don't we don't need to go too far down this road, but it's more of a passive aggressive is not going to cause trouble. Whereas James Harden can kick some shit up when he's mad and he doesn't want to be somewhere and he wants to do something that is not what he is currently being asked to do. I mean, even even prior to the trade requests and everything we saw happen this summer we were hearing reports from from various places around the league where people are saying, well, James didn't think he was, you know, a central enough piece of the offense, right? Like essentially wants to be Houston James Harden and the number one guy. And you're hearing these things leak out and leak out and leak out. And that's all telling you, well, this guy is clearly not even happy with what was a pretty good arrangement here, let alone before he thought Daryl Morey, quote-unquote, lied to him and trade him and however you want to portray that so James has a history of when shit is not going his way he's going to make it go his way one way or another and so I, I think he's still going to be here I think it's going to get really uncomfortable yep. but I think Daryl Morey is willing to live with that do you disagree
0: yeah look if we go back to two years ago the most that Ben Simmons made this uncomfortable was when we debated whether or not he had a shirt or a phone in his pocket <laughs> It's not exactly the most confrontational person we've ever covered. No, James Harden's going to go about this a very different way. And James Harden has to go about this a very different way because of that CBA uh, wording where he can't miss more than a month. The Sixers would be able to effectively block him from becoming a free agent next year. He has to show up to camp, and I think he has to make things uncomfortable if he wants to get to a spot. To your point, Daryl Morey is going to hold on to him until the trade market gets better. And that's not going to happen until teams start playing games, until injuries happen, until teams... Who are not supposed to be contenders maybe vault up teams who thought they were going to be contenders aren't as good as they thought they were going to be. That's not I don't think that's going to happen before training camp. I see very little chance that this gets resolved quickly and James needs this to be resolved in a very big way because he has to make that money.
1: Well, and while we're surrounded by all these wonderful people from Colorado who've helped us uh, get this thing off the ground over the last you know weeks or so, it's they've been remarking you know the Sixers are having their training camp in. What is it? Fort Collins is where Colorado State is. Yeah. And the reaction from the people from Colorado has been, what the hell is James Harden going to do in Fort Collins? Because it does not seem like it's his scene. And my guess right now is that you probably won't see James Harden in Fort Collins. And then once the preseason comes back to home turf and and closer to Philadelphia, that's when you might start seeing the fireworks go off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if James shows up at training camp, I think I'd be mildly surprised, but he certainly will be here at some point. Uh, so I guess in, in terms of trying to de- decipher whether or not he will, um, you know, be here longer than I think anyone would really hope, it's real easy. I think where you have to start is talking about that contract and, and the various contracts that he has turned down, um, whether that was a, and, and I think we have a, a, a graphic on that. Um, you know, in, in November, 2020, he turned down a massive Two-year, $103 million contract extension with the Rockets would have made him the, the NBA's first $50 million-a-year player. Turned down a similar three-year, $161 million contract extension with the Nets in 2021. And he did all of that to set up what he thought was going to be an even more massive payday here um, you know, the, the, this past offseason. So I think from his perspective, that didn't materialize with the Sixers. He needs to get to a team that can take his bird rights and allow him to—and and really value him and want to keep him around next summer, he needs to get to that team before the trade deadline, um, and there's only one way to do that. None of the teams that have cap space next summer are going to give him the contract that he wants. Um, there's just no way to do that without becoming really uncomfortable.
1: Well, and so some inside baseball for people on the, the Clippers element and the, the opt-in scenario from earlier this offseason— the week leading into his opt-in decision, I had got several different tips that there's something going on with the Clippers and Harden. And it's one of those things that you you try to report on, but you can't pin it down and you don't know enough. It's you know a lot of just NBA whisper games. And at the time, none of it's making sense, right? Because the Clippers were up no. to their ears in, in spending. And even as they're shedding salary, you can't just like bring on James Harden and then all of a sudden, James opts in, and I think that surprised I think that surprised people within the Sixers. I think it surprised people around the league. And look, I don't think this was ever part of James Harden's plan. I think no. this was very much look laid out in that timeline. You see, around Christmas, he's floating the fact that hey, I might go to Houston and get max money, right? Like that. That was the big thing. That was okay this looks like James could be playing for another team next season. And what did the Sixers do from there? But as that option dwindles and as it becomes clear that they want Fred Van Vliet and Fred Van Vliet, that's a crazy thing to me, by the way, that Fred Van Vliet is a more appealing yeah. basketball player to a franchise in 2023. We've well, got compared a, a, a to James question Harden. up
0: there from Randy in the chat asking how intre- interested were the Rockets really in Harden if they'd end up giving... Uh, that contract elsewhere.
1: I, I think it's probably similar to what you would say about the Sixers and their interest in Harden, which is they're interested, but it's at their price. It's not at, this is not, hey, we're giving you control of the franchise, control of the team, and as much money as you want. I think Houston yeah. had interest in him, and maybe there's a reunion, but I think between the amount of money that he wanted, I think Ime Udoka and his arrival there, as has been reported elsewhere, that played a, a, a big part of people not want, or the Rockets ultimately going in another yep. direction with with Van Vliet rather than Harden, and
0: you know we end up where we are today. No, I think I think once Ime was hired, I think that was a very very big pivot point into their interest. He in is
1: not. I mean, the, you and I sort of know Eme. He was here for a year in a year, Philly. Yeah. And he is not a a James Harden style guy. Now a lot of guys that are in Houston currently are probably not Ime Udoka guys in the sense that they're not. Defense, tough guys, but they did bring in Van Vleed and Dylan Brooks, who sort of fit that mold a little more. So, yeah, James Harden in and like a defense-first type team, no. I just I cannot imagine it.
0: Or or in a Nick Nurse type system, that's uh, not a, a perfectly natural uh, fit either.
1: Well, you know what might be perfectly natural, Derek, talking about our sponsor and transitioning to talking about our friends at DraftKings.
0: I'm gonna guess it's not gonna be natural, but go for it, buddy.
1: Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. What's got you covered with the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook. It's an official sports betting partner, the NFL, and new customers can bet $5 on football, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. You download the app now, you use the code PHLY to sign up, you get those $5, put those $5 in, bet that $5, and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHLY, the crown is yours. you have a gambling problem, you call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or you can visit ccbg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/football/terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply you go. Know, That's quite a mouthful, but you know, it's trying to make sure we're all uh, compliant with all the, <laughs> the rules and regulations of, of sports gambling. So, I thank think, you to our friends at DraftKings.
0: I think you knocked that out of the park there. Uh, I appreciate I you. I would say that. Appreciate but Devon a little more, but we will get to him later.
1: Yeah, listen, when we have our, our true radio veteran in here with us, putting a professional spin on it and doing those transitions, they'll sound a little better than when I do. Yeah. I see some people talking about strip clubs with James Harden. I, I do not believe we have a graphic for this, but I, I did flag... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I you guys, I'm not. going in a different direction with this, I swear <laughs> to God, I promise. I, I promise you. So I did flag something for Derek and Devine yesterday. I was reading, there was an article about... Uh, a story about Michael Rubin in Vanity Fair recently, and, and sort of talking about... So this is former Sixers minority owner Michael Rubin, I'm sure most people watching the show know who he is. Uh, He sold his stake as his company Fanatics was actually moving into sports Mm -hmm. gambling or trying to move into sports gambling. And so this profile is essentially about Rubin's profile among celebrities. He's taken on the the task from Diddy of hosting the biggest white party of the summer. He hangs out with rappers. He's got all like a Rolodex that's Higher than this table is, probably. And within this story (laughs) was a little nugget about Michael Rubin, who got a call from Patriots owner Robert Kraft at 1030 in the morning on a normal weekday. And Robert Kraft claims that Michael Rubin was under the influence because he was still at the casino from the night before with Lil Baby and James Harden himself, which... You know, to me, may, like I get it. Look, you wanna you wanna be on good terms with the boss or maybe former boss and people around the team. As everybody knows around here, Joel and B was just at a commander's game, sort of out of respect to Sixers Owner Josh Harris. But I do think you're probably taking the owner, player, and boss employee relationship a bit too far if you're on the casino floor until 10:30 a.m then maybe that kind of explains a little bit of why james harden feels the way he does that he can demand whatever he wants that he can say i want max money for this amount of years because for the last decade of james harden's life and really up until maybe the last year or so he has gotten every single thing he's wanted and that's life as a star in the nba but he is facing that harsh reality of you're not the guy yep. anymore, and the organization is going to revolve around other people and not you.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think accepting that is a big part of where we are right now. You know, we talked about the contracts that he had turned down in the past. I think a big part of his mindset was I'm James Harden. Those max contracts are going to keep coming in. And I think when he got here to Philadelphia with his chief enabler and Daryl Morey running <laughs> chief the show. enabler,
1: is that part of his official job title? It definitely
0: is, yeah. I thought he felt a comfort level, whether or not there was an explicit agreement last summer of you turn down this money now, we'll give it to you later. I think he had a comfort level knowing that his guy who had always taken care of him at every stop throughout his career would continue to take care of him. And now all of a sudden he didn't. Nobody else around the league is willing to give him that money. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the reaction right now. And I think accepting you know, the evolution of who you are in this league and who you are as a player, it's very tough. We talked about it the other day. You and I uh, with Allen Iverson. There's certainly, I mean, they're very different players. There's certainly similarities there. Where James Harden has every skill set he needs if he wanted to transition into a later stage in his career. Uh, he could, I'm sure, if he puts in the work, become a better off ball shooter. He could, if he embraces it, uh, move better off the ball. He certainly has the passing chops to um, continue to be effective in this league. Does he have the mindset? And I think transitioning away from taking those liberties, like you mentioned, um, I mean, he was famously out in Vegas before game one of the Boston series. Now, he had a fantastic game one of the Boston series. Maybe he should have made trips to Vegas in between every time. But will he have sort of that attention to detail? Uh, and certainly, I don't think there are any indications that he will.
1: One of the things I try to stress to fans as they they see a game play out and it's like, why didn't a coach do this? Or why doesn't this player do this? is that there is often a very big divide between what a guy is mechanically capable of and what somebody actually Mm -hmm. wants to do. And that's more pronounced once you get to the star level, right? And honestly, another good example of it is Tobias Harris, where I think Tobias has tried to change who he is. I think he's worked on becoming a different player for the sake of being as good of a supporting guy as he can be for Joel and James, and now Tyrese, who's ascending into a a bigger role than when he arrived. But ultimately, a lot of these guys just, they are who they are, and they played a certain way for such long periods of their lives that when all of a sudden you say, hey, you're just gonna stand in the corner for the next eight minutes or so and shoot threes, that's hard. When you're James Harden and in Houston, you ran the show. Every single possession was in your hands for you to determine what was going to happen. And now you're in Philly and you're told not only is the ball going to come out of your hands more, we need you to take catch and shoot threes, a thing that he famously has basically not done his entire career. So it's a lot of things happening at once to a guy that he was an MVP and like a guy that people were referring to as one of the greatest offensive players of all time a few years ago. This is not ancient history. His first season in Brooklyn. He was getting MVP consideration mm-hmm. before he had some some injury issues. So I understand why he's frustrated and why he's gotten to this point that, you know, he's acting up and saying things about Daryl and, and and wanting to get out of here. But there does need to be some sort of come to Jesus moment at some point yeah. for him, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, on the one hand, I think he performed better than I expected, at least up until that Boston series. Last year, I think he beat, and uh, I mean, two games were fantastic. Unfortunately, they played seven. I think he, <laughs> uh, I think he performed better than I expected. He had a decent bounce back year. He was still a really effective player in this league, and yet he's not drawing the interest that he thinks he deserves. And he probably should be drawing a little more interest. But part of the problem is he, you know, screwed around for a couple of years, and now he's he's finding out. You know, there's consequences to not being a reliable teammate, to not keeping yourself in the best shape possible, to not accepting other roles, and even if he's still a really good player. It's just hard to bank on what he will be for the next three years. So I I see his side a little bit, not not really, but a little bit. Um, But I do think it's just it's really hard to accept a a gradual decline.
1: Yeah, and the the tough spot that they've put themselves in as a an organization as a team is that obviously if they trade him, they're not going to get. I I know that Daryl is holding out for a star or like a guy, uh, an impact type player most likely scenario is they get a few role players a couple role players on movable or exp- end or expiring contracts mm-hmm. some draft picks back and then it's essentially the Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid yep. show and i love Tyrese as a as a player as a person like kid is amazing to deal with hardest worker in the building all that stuff but he is at this moment not prepared to just take James Harden's responsibilities that he had and be the playmaker yep. for this team, to be the every possession, I'm setting the offense, I'm getting Joel his shots. That's that's not his game, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be expected of him. And that there is no playmaking replacement on this roster. Honestly, there are very few repl- playmaking replacements in the league who could live up to, to James Harden. And so that yeah. that's the other complicating factor. He knows that they're in a tough spot, and that's his form of leverage throughout all of this.
0: Yeah. I do think, um, because right now, if you look at what the Clippers are probably offering, it's probably nonsense. There's no way they're putting, especially with him demanding to go to one spot... Then no other teams really showing interest. I think there's a report that maybe uh, the, the Knicks called, but without league-wide interest, they're not going to offer up anything good. That's not really going to change. Also, it's the always danger.
1: like a, a team calling. Yeah. Does not really mean a lot. Like mm-hmm. yes, the Sixers and Knicks talked at, at various points during this off but that they're, they're Daryl Morey doesn't has mean they gave talked a to offer. like the entire yeah. league, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. it doesn't mean there was a credible offer. It doesn't mean there was a good offer. It means that a phone call has taken place.
0: But it all goes back to the fact that, like I said, I don't have any real expectation this will be resolved soon because somebody needs to do something to change the status quo. Daryl Morey can't make teams be interested in James Harden anymore than they already are. The only one who can really change the status quo at all is James Harden, and that's by being a pain in the you-know-what. Well, I don't know why I said that. We can say so ass say, on the show. The by being like pain in the ass. By being that's a, a pain is. in that's the ass, um, and maybe like the only real way he gets real leverage is making the Sixers or Maury or anybody concerned that this kind of drama for the second time in three years and maybe a bleak outlook on their championship odds might cause Joel Embiid to get uncomfortable. And that's the only real way you can get the leverage to get what he wants in the short term. Uh, And that's why I think a lot of Sixers fans are at least nervous about the start of the season. And here we are, this is a team that will probably, even, even if James Harden doesn't play, Joel Embiid by himself, along with Tyrese Max, he's probably going to get you either at or close to 50 wins. Yeah. They should be a, certainly be a playoff team. This could be a very good team, and yet here we are, not talking about the games, not the games that we know and love, we're talking about James Harden. <laughs> Didn't exactly nail that you know, comparison. You know
1: how down bad a lot of people are about this team mm-hmm. right now? The fact that Ben Simmons returning has become such a, thought, like, a constant. I've got a lot of and maybe questions. we can hold that <laughs> off till next we're, segment. No, but no, no, we're
0: we're not doing a, a Ben Simmons reunion on our opening <laughs> PHL. That's conference. probably I'm true. I'm not doing. I
1: that. just want to say to everybody bringing that up, I don't say this with any meanness in my heart toward Ben. Like I, I hope he figures his shit out. The guy has like actively hid from his responsibilities for going on two years now. He is not someone you want on your basketball team until or unless he proves that he actually really wants to play basketball. And no amount of summer off-season workout videos and shortlist Instagram pics and claims in interviews with sympathetic reporters are going to convince me that that guy has anything left to offer as, like, a real impact basketball player that's all I'm going to say
0: I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to say I have talked as much as I can possibly we're on talk a podcast about Ben Simmons need to have no, something. I, I will like talk about job. stuff I'm not talking about that <laughs> Jeez, Ben I, Simmons we got Kevin Kincaid our buddy Kevin Kincaid in the chat there talking about Ben Simmons deals uh-uh not no what are you doing what are you doing
1: I, I'm, I've been asking people that but people it's look Ben saying that we're still talking about it we're Still talking. we are about talking it. about it it's, it's interesting at the very least it's idle talk and it's empty talk but you can re- try to refuse to talk about it but it's it's going to come creeping up for you people the people want to know Derek that's all I don't think they do we can't talk we can't spend a whole podcast talking about should they sign campaign i'd rather talk about that i know you would but you know
0: i'd go campaign over danny green over uh, danny green yeah
1: ooh i no no
0: i actually i don't know i kind of took that back when i said it
1: we want who's on? We want Andre. Are we talking about Igadala? Need like the Max Kellerman sound job of. <laughs> Give me Igadala. That's one of the most insane sports media clips in the history of mankind. What do you think, Derek? It's the time to talk about another sponsor?
0: It or, is. I've been actually waiting for you to do that. It's been a little awkward. Oh. Well, we had timeline. You we make real, it awkward
1: when you acknowledge it we, is. We were lined up perfectly
0: is, and you just kept blabbing about yeah, campaign. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank our friends at Game Time for sponsoring our show. <laughs> Game Time, if you guys are not aware of it, is a way to get tickets to all the events you might want to go to. That's sports, that's pop culture, it's the theater, it's comedy, it's all sorts of I things. Look, I know there have been a lot of hot tickets this summer. Number one at the top of the list, Taylor Swift. I know there have been all kinds of fiascos for, for this Eras tour. People are so desperate to get their hands on tickets. They're buying tickets in foreign countries so they can go see this woman. That is such an insane concept to me. But if you are down that bad trying to get tickets, that means there is a way for somebody like GameTime to help you, because GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals, and I promise you can get them to sporting events and not just Taylor Swift Air Store, I promise you that. You don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, all that good stuff. You can see images of your seat before you buy, which I think is super important. I have been to sporting events in other countries and around this country, and I have showed up to one or two, and you are blocked by a cement wall or a pillar, and you are not seeing absolutely anything at that sporting event. And so, game time allows you to avoid that. you're spending what you want, you know what you're paying for, you know the seat you're getting, and I think that's a just a beautiful thing. So you can snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. You download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
0: Hey guys, real quick. I know you guys were missing Devon, so we thought we would bring him. All on the right, show. <laughs> there we go.
1: We got the cartoon <laughs> head right in the middle. What's up, Devon? No, oh, it's he's not actually floating there. But, I I uh, still
0: feel like we need the fat head just so we can turn around and talk to him.
1: Yeah, I just want to make it clear. It is not our fault that Devon is not here. I am like, I would get down on my hands and knees and and beg and say, please put Devon mm-hmm. on the show. But it would make no difference. So. Yep. Unfortunate.
0: No, but if we're gonna do a bit, I think we've got to run all the way into it. Uh, we've got to get the fat head. We've got to work yeah, on that.
1: we we will get a fat head. I am mm-hmm. going to look into it. Basically, can't be that much, right? Nah, they're not that expensive, yeah. right? Well, that's like the Arrested Development. How much could a banana cost? It's Five dollars. <laughs> that's I don't know. I haven't bought a fat head ever, so I don't, I don't actually know. Uh,
0: all right, so I think maybe inaugural podcast. Try to get like one or two optimistic thoughts out All there. All right. About look at, this team. Look at
1: you over there.
0: So again, just with an open-ended question, if the Sixers exceed our expectations, which I guess that means get out of the second round. I'd love to say win a title, but yeah, let's get out of the second round. Well, Walk let's, before let's, you run. Let's keep
1: our expectations realistic over If here. they
0: exceed expectations, give me one reason why you think that would be.
1: I think number one is what you wrote about for the site today. It's Tyrese Maxey. I, I think... The future of this team it really is dependent on two people. You could say three if you want to extend it to Nick Nurse. It's Joel Embiid and how he evolves and if he stays healthy. And look, I, I think that's... Maybe I should start there. Joel Embiid staying healthy is probably the number one that's variable. That's like written into the baseline, though. It, yeah, that's true. But I think that's been the biggest variable in the playoffs. It right? Is. Like, it's so hard to say... With any confidence, while well, Joel just not a second-round performer, we've never seen him in the second round without some sort of issue. It's a hand. Yeah. It's a knee. It's all both and at it's once. All it's random, it's, too. It's, it's like you got face. a pinky
0: caught in a jersey or something. That's
1: what I mean. So, like, I just would love one season, one run. And it looked like last year was going to be the time. He wins the MVP. I know all the Denver people over there are rolling their eyes and – Waving Nikola Jokic rally towels, and we'll have to kick them out shortly for that. But he wins the MVP, and it looks like it's lining up. Like, this is the time we could get a, a Nugget Sixers finals. It would have been a ratings bonanza. I would have been in heaven as a big basketball fan. And what happens? Another fluke injury that after the game, it was like only barely acknowledged. And then we were at a practice or a meeting with Doc Rivers the next day, and the Sixers start saying, Oh, yeah, there's like something to this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he's not playing the rest of the series. And so I just want to see one goddamn healthy, se- or healthy playoff run for Joel Embiid because yeah. I think he deserves it. I think the fans deserve it. And it's, we just don't know. Like, I just want to see if this is all physical or if there's a big mental component where he just, is not built for the brightest stage and things of that nature i want to see it that's that's the biggest thing
0: you brought it up but it really is a kick in the gut that it is a denver-based media company that came in and started <laughs> this isn't it i mean like they all seem like fantastic individuals happy to be a part of it
1: they haven't been rubbing our noses in it, it too bad i'm just saying if,
0: if they would have been from like orlando or something it would be a little easier yeah. that's all that's all a lot of big Jokic fans here we'll have to live with it let's we'll live with it yeah. um Yeah, no, I agree. Like you, and you mentioned, I would love to see a Embiid healthy run because we just don't know. It's legitimately amazing that we are this long into it. He's what five or six playoff runs in. We haven't, outside of the one year when Ben Simmons was hurt and they got swept by the Celtics, we haven't seen him healthy. And he played fine in that series. It's just he had no help. Yeah, we haven't seen him healthy for a playoff run, for a full playoff run. And he certainly hasn't taken over the way that he has in a regular season. He hasn't performed to the level they need him to in order to be a viable championship contender. I want to see if he can. And I think there are certainly some question marks in terms of how he handles pressure in the postseason. I think it's harder for a big man, uh, to, be, especially one who's a primarily a scoring threat, to translate that. But I want to see. I want to see him at his peak when it matters the most, and we've just been robbed of that opportunity. And like I said, I'd love to sit here and say, well, that's because he needs to get into better shape. That's because he needs to do this, 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 and that in the offseason. No, he gets an elbow to the face by Pascal Siakam, or he gets his finger caught in a jer- It's just such random nonsense that I want to see him have a run or two or three in his career where he can actually define that narrative. So
1: I want to scroll back up to a comment there was a comment that said there's zero reason this from ed Wright. there's zero reason for that man to ever play in the olympics i'm actually curious if you feel the same way on that because i after talking kind of seeing how the league has evolved in recent years and talking with people who are on the medical side of things i think that the thought on load management has evolved quite a bit and there are i know in joe's case that the sixers believe in many cases that load management can actually work against him because of how his how he gets in and out of shape quickly and that playing him as much as possible and keeping him in that groove where he plays yeah. a constant you know 34 36 minutes a night is actually better than hey he played 38 tonight and then we're going to give him off and then he doesn't play till Saturday mm-hmm. and so i'm sort of of the mindset thinking about the olympics now we don't know who he would play for at this yep. point, right? Like that's kind of a mystery. I know USA's recruiting him. He could play for France. And obviously I would love to see him play for Cameroon. I don't think it's gonna happen. Doesn't seem like that's in the cards at this point. I think it would be a really good experience for him to play in the Olympics, especially with if you played on Team USA and was on that with that group, you're surrounded by like, it looks like it's gonna be LeBron and Katie and Steph, and these guys who are like the absolute peak of the sport over the last 10, 15, in LeBron's case, 20 years, and being around those guys for an extended period of time and Mm -hmm. seeing everything, like just being around LeBron, I know he's not like a popular figure around here, and seeing what he puts in to be at the level he's at 20 years in, I think that stuff rubs off on guys, and I think that can lead to, to breakout and bigger seasons, and I know he's already won an MVP, but... To me, I think that experience is more valuable than whatever the health risk is.
0: Yeah. And I think to your point, the health health risk probably like he doesn't need to go home and sit on his behind for two right. months. Like I think having him play basketball, it's always been the way he stayed in shape the best. Having him in that competitive environment, like are you risking a fluke injury or an acute injury? Sure. But I think there's risks you have to take. It wouldn't concern me the way it would have maybe five years ago when this whole to your point load management um thing started with joel like we just didn't know how his body responded
1: yeah and honestly looking at team usa over the last you know month yeah, or so could use a player too. they could use some big men because their big men were not good i i would say i'm broadly a fan of jaron jackson jr but jaron jackson jr not a good rebounder and fouled like crazy and both those things held up in fiba play so yeah there's a real need for him and I also think it might do him good as you know, I, I wrote some about him needing to take a, a step back as a scorer this morning. And I think it would be good for him to be in an environment where he's not being looked to constantly as the guy, right? Where you're playing with Steph, you're playing with Katie, you're sharing the ball, and you're playing in a a place where you're basically forced to playmake and forced to share the ball and forced to share responsibility. I think that would be a really good
0: thing for him as well. Yeah, no, I agree. We are going to get to some, uh, you know, listener questions in a bit. So if you have a question, please make sure to leave them there in the chat. Going back to sort of like where we all started this segment... You know, I think Tyrese Maxey is... I mean, there aren't that many options. But if the Sixers are going to, like, Jaden Springer, we don't expect... And we saw some talk about Jaden Springer earlier in the chat. We will get to him at some point leading up to the season just because you have to... I mean, we've got a lot of podcasts to fill. Uh, and Jaden Springer is at least interesting. But outside of Jaden Springer taking a jump, the actual realistic one is Tyrese Maxey. You know, he's a guy who came into the league, really struggled with his shot, and we said, all right, look, he's got a lot of skills. In order for him to become a real difference maker in this league... He's got to be a shooter. It's a swing skill. You need defenders to go under that screen. You need to open up the lane for him. You need him to develop into, you know, he had a mid-range game. He had a pull-up game. You need him to step back into the threes. He's made like 43% of his threes over the last few years. He's really grown in that way more than I think anyone could have ever dreamed. You need him to take that similar step as a passer Um, because without that element to his game, team building just gets a lot harder. And you look at the team, if James Harden isn't on the roster, who's our second best passer?
1: I I honestly it don't have. It might be Joel
0: Embiid and we just spent <laughs> 15 minutes talking about how he wasn't reading the defense in the playoffs well enough. It, there there just aren't very many options. And when you look at his role and you look at trying to put a guard around him and you look at a player who has the skill set to get into the paint as much as he wants, who has that ability to attract the defense, who can really, you know, go about creating scoring opportunities for his teammates, you need him to be able to take advantage of those teammates, get the ball moving, create corner threes for, for the role players. If he can develop that skill set, and look, I'm not expecting him to come into this season and all of a sudden become Jason Kidd. Just not realistic. And I think making that projection as a shot creator and a floor general is tougher to make than one as a shooter. But if anything was going to change the Sixers' entire trajectory and the outlook on this team, him not only for this year, but also for what you can do, do in free agency next summer, because when you start looking at, and look, the Sixers can have Max cap room next year pretty easily. When you start looking at the players who could realistically change teams, a lot of it's bigger wings, a lot of it's forwards, athletic forwards, not really people you want running your offense, a lot of great skills who I think right now if they sign and Tyrese Maxey doesn't take a jump, you'd look at someone like a Siakam, you'd look at someone like an OG and go, all right, great, but who's going to create looks in the half court? If Tyrese Maxey can make that jump, it just makes everything simpler.
1: Yeah, and look, I, there are ways that he needs to actually improve his and broaden his skill set, but I've been thinking about it more and more, and with the level of shooter that he is, I, I think more of those actions where he replicates a lot of the old Seth Curry and J.J. Reddick stuff with Embiid, the two-man game on the sidelines, because you can have Tyrese coming off of a screen or coming off of a handoff, And ready to fire. And he is now, full stop, one of the best shooters in the entire Mm -hmm. league. Like, the volume he's at and and the percentages that he's hitting.
0: Not only with the percentages, not only with the volume, but the diversity, too. Like, it could be a pull-up three. It could be a step-back. It could be a 27-footer. It could be a mid-range jumper. He has, um, he comes off screens, off of catch. That corner, he's been completely locked in in that corner three catch and shoot for two years now. He has every jumper in, in, in his arsenal. He really does. Yeah,
1: it, so that that part alone, and when you combine that with the fact that, look, no disrespect to, to J.J. Reddick, who I, I like personally and was a very good player, and Seth Curry, who was great in Philly, but Tyrese as a downhill, off-the-dribble threat is miles beyond those guys. So yep. if you take that shooting and Tyrese's ability to come off movement and we say the shooting diversity is there and he can get to the rim... I think there's more he can do in a high volume role, but to unlock the team and to be able to absorb the potential loss of Harden or Harden just acting as he is right now and throwing a fit, he's going to have to make a leap as a playmaker, yeah. and that's just that's all it comes down to. And for also,
0: me. it would be great to have one person that we can be. I'm a hundred percent bought in. I'm really excited about this. I want to watch. <laughs> if we could just focus on I that five days Tyrese a week. I just think that's
1: Tyrese Maxey's like natural state of being. Really I know you guys see it on, on TV and the interviews and what have you, but his enthusiasm is just so relentless that the first time I met him, it almost it's one of those people that you feel like it might be fake and it's a yeah, put on. No, and really it's did. like, yep. oh, this guy can't be serious. Like, there's no way he's actually this nice. And then you're around him day after day after day after day. And he really is that kid. And so i that's where I, I understand how he's taken such a hold of this city. I just think, He is such a genuine kid on top of being a great player, and I wanna see more from him, but he's already given people a lot.
0: Yep. All right, one more quick break here, and then we'll get to our final segment. This coming from FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. FOCO is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms, and it's football tailgate season, which means overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game you can get there. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off.
1: Time for some listener questions. I think we want to engage with the people. First of all, the most important question that I see right now: Where's Derek's cat? That's <laughs> the, the Derek's cat was a big part of his really uh, previous was. podcast. So. Um,
0: like I like everyone listening knows, I have a sort of like a, a, a podcast from a loft. so There was no way to lock my cat out. She made an appearance almost every time. She will not be here unless we really get bored for topics. There will be no cats, and honestly, it will be nice. It is. It's, a little, oh. distracting. I'm per-
1: a little distracted. I'm not against cats, but I am Louie? a dog guy, so that is why there's we need this space between us. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm a uh, dog guy, too. Got to make sure we're not fighting like cats and dogs, literally. Uh, what do you want to take next, Derek? What well, looks juicy to you? Uh,
0: so there was one asking whether or not, I forget where it was, whether or not there was any chance the Sixers would fire more if it meant bringing Harden back. No, I, I think there's almost no chance. First of all, I'm not sure the Sixers, anyone really wants to commit the hard into the contract. This sort of goes back to our initial discussion. And this, I don't want to give Daryl a pass here, but I think the only really way to keep Harden happy was to give him a contract that we would all be uncomfortable with. So even if you get rid of Maury, which I don't think there's any chance they to do, even though I think there's some Sixers fans calling for it. Even if you get rid of Maury, unless you then follow that up by giving him a contract, I have no interest in giving him. I don't think that resolves the situation at all. I think almost the entire beef, and we talk about Maury being a liar because he didn't trade him in a couple of weeks, almost the entire beef, I don't buy that at all, comes down to money. And if you don't resolve the money situation, you're just changing who he's pissed off at.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's an easy scapegoat for what is... Look, here's what I would say. I think James is mad at the organization, but not the players, and it has come yeah. off and been public as James is mad at Daryl Morey specifically. But, of course, Daryl is not the only one making decisions. He's the the lead guy, and he's the face, and he's yep. the one who talks to reporters and you know goes on podcasts and what have you. But ownership is heavily involved, and there are all other kinds of members of the front office. Certainly Nick Nurse has a part to play in all this, and... I think people should keep that in mind. Like, even if there were a scenario where they thought they might do that, I don't think that would fix the problem at hand, to Derek's point.
0: Nope, not at all. All right, let's see. pick the next one.
1: Yeah. What will the Sixers have more of this year? Playoff wins or assistant
0: coaches? I mean, they have a lot of coaches. I was going to say, they have a lot I, of coaches.
1: I think that's like a lock. Yeah. For,
0: Unless they're winning the whole thing. That's even a lock that is for assistant close. coaches because yeah. they
1: would have to, they literally would have to win the, well, they don't have to win the title because it's, you have to win 16 games. They have 14 named assistants. Okay. So they could they could win a couple games in the finals and lose.
0: That is some pretty impressive show prep that you knew that number off the top of your head.
1: I mean, six. that's four series and...
0: No, not, <laughs> not the games. I mean the assistant coaches.
1: Oh, I just remember because it was okay. one coach for every... Okay. Now, that's the named ones too. I'm sure right. there are also going to be other developmental guys and, and people involved with the team who are coaching guys up. So... That's a whole other can of worms, but, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to slam if uh, slam if DraftKings was given odds on that. I think that would be like minus 800 or something crazy voting for wins.
0: All right. This one from Randy, what do you think the best case scenario is on a hardened deal?
1: Well, I guess that's who does he go to, right? So I've seen a lot of discussion of, Levine in the comments, as we've been doing in the sh- doing the show, and that's been a, a common theme throughout the summer. He's the only one right now that I would kind of raise an eyebrow at, not because I think there've been any kind of serious talks, but because I think the Bulls set a high price and said, you know, we want real assets, and we're not moving him. We're not actively trying to move him. And if you want us to give him up, then blow us away. And I don't think they've been met with much of anything from what I can tell. And I don't think, even though that's their stance, I don't think they love his contract. I don't think anybody in the league loves that contract. So yeah, I mean, that could be some sort of best case scenario. I would say the, the median more likely outcome is something more along the lines of Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris and some picks and... You know, maybe you a- you either take them in and Terrence Mann's a good role player, Norm Powell is a good role player, for example, and you just try to surround Joel with a, a bunch of good guys, not great guys, and you see where you end up. I-, I think that's probably more likely. If you can flip that stuff and some other things for a, a bigger, bigger guy, I do always think that Daryl has shown sure. he wants stars. He wants big-time players, but... I don't know if you have a different read on that than I do. No,
0: I think that's one hundred percent fair, and it's tough right now because Harden did limit it to one team because there aren't all that many teams interested, quite frankly. And you know, it is—it's we're waiting to see what happens next. Does what happens next is Harden going nuclear, or is that Harden maybe expanding his list? And even if he does expand the list, does that mean anyone else of the of that group is going to be interested in him? because um, when it's constricted to just the Clippers, look, the Clippers have a couple of picks they can trade. They have expiring contracts, which I think Daryl Morey definitely wants, but those picks are, you know, whenever you're in a market like Clippers, it's sometimes hard to gauge how valuable the league, or how the league values those picks, because most people think that market with that owner, they can rebuild pretty quickly if they need to. I don't, it's, yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I have I no can't,
1: It's hard to believe that we've gotten to this point with James Harden when when he was leaving mm-hmm. Houston, think about the type of trade package that was being considered from the Sixers' end to try to get him, when yep. at that time, Ben Simmons was still a more valuable commodity, mm-hmm. and there were going to be picks, and they were asking And for, people thought,
0: how could you not include Tyrese Maxey?
1: That's what... It, so to go to a point now where it's like, well, you might get... A pick. And and and- I like Terrence Mann, but like you might get Terrence Mann, and that's like a high-end yep. Clippers role-player package. That's... I mean, that's fucking insane. I can't believe that. Is
0: that, is that our first F-bomb?
1: Maybe. I, I think we know. had to
0: set the over on here on two and a half. I said some
1: goddamn and some other... Yeah, it,
0: no, they're... Yeah. About, okay. All
1: right, let's... Another question uh, from Vu Evans. How much stock do you put into the development of b Paul's jumper? <sighs> I don't want to laugh because I... You're
0: going to make me go lukewarm on b Paul in our opening podcast. Oh, uh, wow! Well, I can't yeah. believe what you're doing to me, Kyle. No, look, I love... B ball Paul as a backup center. I think he has shown he can do that. I think he's shown he can do that in the playoffs. I like the chaos he can cause. Maybe like a little more control to that chaos, but I think he generally causes more good things to happen than bad in that role. When you start talking about, do I believe in his jumper? No, I'm going to have to see that in game action before I believe in that. And a couple of the highlight videos where he's quite frankly doing moves he's never going to be asked to do. And if he does do, he's probably going to be benched for trying to go outside of his role. That's not going to get me to believe. I'm glad he's working on his skill. Don't get me wrong. I need to see it in a game. And I'm very hesitant to put a questionable shooter next to Joel Embiid, especially as an off-ball role player. It's just so easy to help off of them. We've seen it time and time again throughout the regular seasons at the playoffs love b-ball paul for what he is they finally feel like they have that backup the center spot. Champ, b-ball, now paul, now so, do they so. have a couple extra backup centers that are maybe causing some people uh, a little bit of consternation sure but i love that they have that backup center spot feeling like it's locked down will i try it in a regular season absolutely it's the regular season Try shit. Just see if it works. See whether or not he can do it. Put him next to Embiid. See, maybe, maybe there's just so much chaos, so many offensive rebounds, you can overcome the fact that, you know, his man is sitting in Joel Embiid's lap. But do I have high hopes for it? No, probably not. Not so, until I see something to change my opinion.
1: I want to ask you a follow-up question based on something you said. Do you think that Nick Nurse will have a higher, similar, or lower tolerance for off-script b paw Paul than
0: Doc? Hi. Just because of his defensive scheme, he he. I agree. Does he want people out of position? No, but is he willing to live with that if you can cause chaos? Yes.
1: Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I think I would I would be a little more bullish on what we've seen from Paul. And again, I know they're pickup games. It's like these guys are just working through stuff. Mm -hmm. But it is noteworthy, I think, that these are the Rico Hines runs. A lot of these that you're seeing,
0: Rico Hines, one of those those playoff wins you mentioned.
1: Rico Hines is on the staff, so. And if you've watched any of the videos where he talks to the players and he goes through at the you know the start of a, a pickup game and, or a, a day of pickup games, he takes these things deadly serious. And he says, if you're not here to work and if you're not here to do things that you're going to do on a basketball floor, I don't want you in my gym. I want you off to the side. I want you out of here. And so I think that in itself makes those pickup games and the footage that we can see from them slightly more valuable than, like, the average, oh, look, this guy's shooting threes now and all that. But end of the day, yeah, he's going to be asked to do b-ball paw things. We've seen him do crash the glass, roll to the rim, things like that. And if he comes out and shoots even, like, low low to mid-30s from three... That's not going to make a meaningful difference in terms of spacing, but that would be a pleasant surprise for me, I think.
0: I mean, look, it's like I said, I am willing to try it out. So should he be doing it in the games? Absolutely. If the question shifts to, am I confident? Not yet. I just yeah. need to see a lot more. And, and for a guy who hasn't really shot the three ball, I mean, he made threes in the D league, G league. I'm sorry. geez, Gatorade. I apologize. Oh, I was going to say,
1: I've gotten <laughs> like screamed at for <sighs> calling it the D league for too long. I eventually just gave in. And that was kinda, <laughs> I gave, I've lost that battle,
0: but he made threes in the G league. He's never done that in the, uh, in the NBA. Need to see it first. Need to uh, see it first.
1: I, this is another interesting. Kyle, can
0: you, can you translate the Finney chase question there?
1: Oh, Finney, that's a Liverpool question. Yeah, that's a soccer question. We don't need to do that. But Finney Chase, to answer your question, yes. So Lai is the next Gerard, and he will lead Liverpool to their next EPL title maybe in a decade from now. I understood that uh, those
0: were words. Yeah, well,
1: I probably butchered the name a little bit, but, you know, okay. Let's get to an actual Sixers question, though. If Harden is traded from Hills 1190, if Harden is traded, is it almost 100% that PJ Tucker is included in that trade?
0: I wouldn't say almost 100%, because I think it has to make sense. And, But again, Tucker has one more year after this one, so you would have a chance to clear cap space. Uh, if Harden is moved, I think there's a little bit of recognition that this not going to call it a gap year because everybody freaks out about that, that there's a chance that they're taking a step back this year. You're a little okay with maybe losing P.J. Tucker because, quite frankly, when you signed P.J. Tucker to a three-year deal, you thought, all right, give me two good years and we'll deal with the third one. Yeah. Uh, so if the second year isn't really going to be needed anyway, then, yeah, I think there's probably a pretty good chance. The question comes down to salary matching. Um, when you start sending out that amount of salary, can the other team match it without giving you a contract you don't want? There's a whole lot of moving parts. You don't really know, but certainly it would increase the chances that P.J. Tucker is moved, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he has he has firmly planted his flag on James Harden. I mean, you went
0: you to, to party with James Harden rather than Joe's you know. Between
1: wedding. the yeah, I was gonna say between eating Trill burgers at a Travis Scott concert, he's posting on Instagram and on his story. Honestly, I should have asked for this. I wasn't thinking we'd talk about PJ on the show. Did you see his recent workout video, how short his shorts were? No. <laughs> PJ Tucker got roasted through the earth's core by, like, every <laughs> NBA player who follows him. His shorts must have been, like, they were not covering much. We'll put it that way. So that was, uh, that was pretty funny.
0: No. All right. So I think, uh, you know, we're kind of running up here towards the end. Just sort of as a recap of what this all is. Obviously, Kyle and I will continue to write at allphly.com. You can sign up. There is a a, a uh, membership, a diehard membership. You can get discounts on merch, discount on events like that Eagles. But
1: yeah, do we want to show off some merch to the people before we get going? I don't know if that's... Uh, sorry for pulling a fast one on our production crew back here, but I think we have some... Yeah, so there's some, as Derek was saying, we have some wonderful merchandise, and more and more will be coming. We have a great creative team behind this. They're going to be Shirts, hats, hoodies, all kinds of things. And you know, I, I think it's a lot of stuff that you guys will like. Yep. And merch is part of that Die Hard membership yep. that Derek was talking about before I rudely yeah, well, cut I him off. But,
0: one uh, free piece of merch there uh, for your sign-up and on your renewals. So there'll be merch involved in that Die Hard. There'll be uh, premium written content that only you will get access to. We'll do these podcasts five days a week. Uh, we will be adding Rich. Rich will be in here on Thursday and Friday's podcasts. He'll be part of the show. Rich will also be doing... A, a daily newsletter uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up here doing it live from a studio so if you want to watch it on youtube go find the phly underscore sports youtube channel you can do that there if you want to listen to it on your podcast app search for phly underscore sixers you'll find that if you're a subscriber to my previous podcast it will automatically come into your feed so we were looking forward to all of that and looking forward to talking a lot of Sixers, a lot of sixers basketball with you kyle um and Probably too much, but you know that's uh, maybe at the beginning. That's a matter of opinion. Once you know, B-Ball Paul does something crazier. Tyrese Maxey has a huge game. I think it'll be real easy for the diehards and the sickos to get back into this team, and we will have a lot to talk about.
1: Well, first one out of the way, buddy. Many
0: more to come. Many more. Thank you, Kyle. Talk to you soon. <laughs>